Mr. Worldwide himself. I'm back. Here I am, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, back from uh, back from a. I don't even know if you call it a tour. What do you call it? I don't know. I was going to ask you. I mean, it was a string of shows. Three. It's a string of shows, starting yeah. in Tucson, detouring Which, in Chicago, and then ending in Alabama, of all places. Can and, you call it detouring in Chicago when it's going to a fucking festival? It's <laughs> a slight <laughs> detour. Well, the the Tucson show felt like a festival because there was like. 600 people on a Wednesday night and at outside at, at club Congress. So it was like, it had that vibe. And I initially wanted to do it. I think we all wanted to do it outside. They gave us the option mm. to, do it, to do it either inside, which is like a, maybe a, maybe a 300 capacity room. And, yes. and then, then they're like, or you could go outside, which is like closer to like 700 or whatever. And I was like, the options are okay. We could feel kind of cool and probably sell out the room and you know the smaller room really easily, or we can do it outside and have a lot more people, and then also prepare us for like that weird outdoor stage vibe that we haven't really you know we have we haven't done the shit in like fourteen years you know with with this lineup. Has it been fourteen years? Well, yeah. Okay, I was trying to do the math here. So the last time the the lineup that we played with, uh, this last these last two weeks, uh, the last time we were like all together on a stage had to be in two thousand nine, or or two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Okay, two thousand nine. That's that's like twelve years ago. I, th- I I think it was like I think it was actually two thousand eight because that's when I had you guys all been in the same room together since then. No way. Uh, everybody, everybody kind of scattered about, and um, like I moved to Chicago. Some of the people stayed in Tucson. The drummer was already in L.A., and then the yeah. guitar, the guitar player, the other guitar player, moved to Austin. Yeah, rocks. And every yeah, everyone's everyone had just been scattered around, so it was like yeah. It, it was Wait, already- so so from my dumb perspective. Cause I have a different dumb perspective than you do. Cause you're on the inside pretty much. Yeah. Mine is just connecting dots from like Instagram things. I saw that you guys were reuniting at hotel Congress had no idea of any further gigs. And yeah. I was like, Oh cool. Look, they're doing a thing for Tucson. Like it didn't occur to me that you were prepping for anything bigger. It was, all so, the, it was all in the works in 2000. Uh, I guess uh right right before uh everything got locked down and shut down there was talks of you know this festival happening and we got we had offers floating around mm-hmm. but obviously i was like there's no way this is going to happen this year and and, and and nothing happened so everything got pushed back so there was always that idea floating around and and also it was kind of funny because the Jeremy, the guitar player, asked me to, you know, if I would be down to do it. And I was, I was, I was only hesitant because I didn't think any of the other people, any of the other original lineup people would want to do it or had time to do it or had any interest in doing it. So we were just kind of toying around with the idea, like, how weird would it be if we had not that lineup and had like hired gun type people, mm-hmm. not even hired, just 
or if we had people who were in the later uh the later uh reformation years where where it was kind of me the original guitar player and a, you know a, a other other musicians from tucson that we had grown yeah up totally with. the ski bar or something yeah it was it was it was it was a bunch of other buddies from from our hometown that were you know definitely really good musicians and excellent in the studio and on the road and stuff but i was just I was just like, fuck it, man. I'm not going to do it unless everybody else says yes. All the, all the old head, all the old, the, the OGs. And then they all said yes. And I was like, oh shit, man. Okay. I guess this is kind of happening. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the best part is that like that it, it did all come together like that. Cause you're right. If it was a collection of other people who had been in the bled for a shorter amount of times, it's not the same feeling. It is like, oh, look, I'm looking at the classic bled lineup now. Well, it's hard because we were, everybody was like, oh, we want you guys to play the full, the first album of all in its entirety. And I was, I, I, I don't know how I felt like, I, I was never really, I'm not, not like, I've never been that obsessed of a fan about anything where I was like, we got to see the whole album, you know, like, it, yeah, I, I've never been into that, but it was, it was, it was up in the air and we were like, okay, we could probably do it. But then I was like, it would be weird to not have the guys who wrote it play the entire thing you know like that that seems for sure it wouldn't be weird i just feel like it would be kind of wait wait can we take this from the top linearly when was the first did you hear of it first from jeremy on the phone or did you hear of it first from some offer that came in and that made you talk to jeremy he got the offer and he he hit me up immediately and was like there's some shows coming up there's some ideas there's some money being thrown there's some numbers being tossed around do we want to do this? Do we want to do we want to say yes now? Because he was me and him were basically like, I don't think this is going to happen this year. And if it yeah. doesn't happen this year, then maybe we can get some more money in the future by saying yes now. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the also the the fest people who run these things were kind of also in that mindset where we'll, yeah. we'll, throw, we'll throw this we'll throw these teasers out now say it's going to happen get some money up front and collect and then roll, yeah of course roll over into the next year and then maybe even get more bands and stuff so i think that it was all, all kind of like a for sure and then you're saying you weren't a big fan of those kinds of things well clearly the people offering you money are you yes, know like insane because a lot of <laughs> because a lot of people kept you know for years people have been like you guys you guys got to reform and i was just I, I was like what the fuck man how do you even do this everybody's all over the all over the map and people are having kids they've got lives they have businesses they have shit that it, it's not you know it's not the same as when we were just like in our 20s dicking around like you know yeah no for like, sure because in your 20s you built your life around the band and then the band stopped and you guys just built your lives yeah we it was, it was <laughs> kind of like shawshank it was like shawshank redemption we were like we were like in a fucking situation and then we're like okay what do we do we go work in a grocery store and then you know want to hang ourselves because we don't know how to function dude i saw like three of you guys after the band broke up and it did feel like that it's just like you're like hey is that jeremy just walking down the street and like he you know you're like he shouldn't be walking down the street and he like looks like emotionally like i can't believe i'm walking down the street like this i should be floating you saw him on miracle mile street walking is what you mean (laughs) well i mean like when i heard he got a regular job that was the thing because like i would hear the updates of like Ross got a job in Austin and Jeremy got a job in Tucson, like at doing retail and just hear all these things. And then it's like, 
and Mike's doing studio work for, I forget the name of uh, Gavin Rossdale. That's his name. And then you're just like, oh, wow. Okay. I guess they're just like all working man people. And then, of course, like then you went off and did your thing and eventually landed in a bar. Well, the, uh, the funny thing was Jeremy was always the retail guy. He was always working at like Hot Topic or mm-hmm. he was always, and he, <laughs> and he was. Well, always- I made the joke that when he came in to do the interview, I made the joke behind his back, so I apologize. Um, is it, Wait, what happened? I made the joke behind his back that it was like when he went in to do the interview, they're like, oh, cool. So what did you do for the last couple of years? And he's like, oh, I was like one of the main writers for all the songs for the bled, you know, like the band you have on the shirts there. And he goes, that shirt oh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you're applying for the job for the shirt on the wall? He's like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're hired. Move your band shirt to clearance because you work here now. No, he was, a, he was always, <laughs> dude, he was always the re- retail guy. He, I, he, he worked at some like mom and pop record store in the mall. And then he worked at, uh, he worked at Hot Topic. He worked at like a Barnes or some, some people in the band worked at Barnes and Noble. Like, but I, I feel like he was probably above more than everybody already in that world anyways, before, before the band. And even when we had some downtime, he would go back and like pick up shifts, I think, or get back into it. But it was, uh, yeah, but that was weird to me because to me, it was like, you know, not to knock on anybody else, but it was like, Mike was clearly going to become a studio drummer. Yeah. And then to me, it was like, if anybody else is going to break through and just like form the next band, that's going to be equal to the blood. It would be Jeremy or you, you know, and you're just like, all right. But he like went so like straight back to like the life he did before the, the blood. I think my, my, my misstep was when I, when I, when I left town, I basically, I, I moved to Chicago with some buddies who were already from, from, uh, I'd met on tour and stuff from, from the past. And they had this really, really awesome apartment in a, in a all right part of town, but there was, you know, Chicago, Chicago at that point, it was like, it was starting to get a little bit better, but there was, there was, it was still wild and crazy. And, and oh yeah, it's a, it's, you know, third biggest city in the, in the, the U S. So what are you going to expect if you're, you know, but so I moved out there. And I kind of went, I, I, instead of like bringing musical instruments or anything, I just like sold all the, like the really good shit that I had just to, just to have a, a wad of cash. And that was probably a dumb idea. I, I, mm. But then, but then I just kind of bounced around and I was doing like a lot of like temp uh, or like, uh, like Craigslist type jobs off, off like, just like a, like marketing stuff and it was just yeah it was one of those things where i just i had no plan and it was like <laughs> i just like oh i know two guys there yeah fuck it i'll i'll go out there with two grand and i'll be fine it was like and then i sold i just started selling a bunch of shit and and instead of bringing any musical instruments other than like maybe i brought like an acoustic guitar or like my my dad shipped me some stuff uh from tucson or something but i kind of went out there with like fuck fuck making music and when i when i probably should have went out there with some sort of creative outlet so I didn't it's also it. fine to not it seemed like you guys did years of just non-stop creative outlet and you guys did an exhale and a walk away from that to be able to walk towards it wait but so to keep the story going linearly so okay. you said no the you'd only do it if everyone does it then everyone said yes and then you're like okay cool i'm in you guys are accepted the offer what happens next where do you guys go and practice we don't practice. That's the that's the funny thing about this band is uh, we're very unprofessional, but we will have <laughs> we will somehow fall back into place immediately once we're in the room together, which is yeah. a really fucked up thing 
and it's a terrible business model. And that's the, called chemistry. I mean, that's not I, the worst. You guys have that, and that's the, fucked up. the hard it, part. To it's bother. fucking insane, dude. Like, we, okay, here's what happened. Well, we say yes, and then time flies by, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? We got, we're going to have to block off some days, because we all decide to fly back to Tucson to, re, to, to rehearse. Yeah. And yeah, that makes more sense just because the first show's there. So, so the show's on Wednesday. What day do you fly in? I work, I, I DJ Sunday night. I fly in uh, 5 a.m. Monday. The rest, the rest of the band has already been there uh, for for at least one or two days. They're all classic doing, lead singer. They're all doing. <laughs> show up days later. Total total dick move. But they, they they hadn't they scheduled to do a practice the day before just to like kind of hash out the the parts and stuff. We, we ended we decided not to do the full record front to back. We decided to do pretty much most of the record and then all like the 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 hits from the subsequential re- two other records that came out though basically the records that we all played together and wrote together we picked some choice selections from those and then did most of the first album and yeah then, the kiss selection dude you do all the ones that people want to hear yeah all the hits and then we so they they're all there together on sunday they do like a, a like a run through of the songs without vocals and we're basically sharing a practice space with an, a, lo- a local band who's opening the show. And they were, they were cool enough to let us use their little studio. And uh, we, we go in there, we, uh, they go in there, they run through the songs. I get there the next day, we run through the whole set, just kind of like, just do it twice, see how it feels. And for the most part, everything really felt okay. It, like it was like writing you know like the skeleton of everything was there uh we didn't really have to relearn too much but there was there was just a couple riffs and stuff that we just were like what the fuck was this like we couldn't figure it out so we're just yeah. like, what were we even doing here so we kind of had to like sit around and like try to figure it out but it's just like it, it you know it's stuff that you did 15 years ago so like what are you you know, what were we doing? Like there, there, there was obviously some studio stuff going on too. You know, it could have been anything. We could have been running it through a, 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 a guitar pedal and that's why it sounded not right. Or, you know, there was, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of kind of uh, not, not studio trickery, but it, there was just like, we we're just like, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing, you know? So it's kind of hard to replicate something where there was no, a blueprint for anything you know it's, yeah of course it's like how do you like it it's not like oh we were playing in the key of whatever or it's a scale thing you know like you know it, it was just kind of like we did whatever the fuck we want and the producer was down for anything so we were just kind of doing so much, so much crazy shit there that we didn't there were some riffs where we were like there's no way we're going to be able to do this perfectly so, so did that make you feel a bit like a cover band of yourself sort of in the sense that uh, uh it, it, you know, and, and, and a lot of different things are going to change and evolve. And, you know, uh, you know, it's like, I didn't know if I could still do vocals like this, you know, and f- for that long of a time, too. You know, oh, it's for like, sure. How am I going to scream my dick and balls off for 45 minutes to an hour? And like, and that was another thing. They're like, oh, you guys get an hour. Like, dude, we never played a fucking hour in the entire hit. Like, unless something went wrong. <laughs> like, like, nobody wanted to hear this shit for an hour. It was just like, it was, it was. 
it was so funny to, to think that we're gonna have to kill some times or you know or or bullshit but everyone's like oh yeah james can just do stand-up comedy in the middle because everybody's no <laughs> yeah exactly like the song ends and you're just like so you you two dating in the front what's up with you guys what do you guys do um but it was just like <laughs> oh you guys go to fest together that's great um uh but no guessable was... totally guessable yeah um wait there so was... at what point did you buy the jacket i want to ask you about this Oh, Neil Diamond jacket. The Neil Diamond jacket is uh, it's kind of got a. It's a, a sequined. It's very loud. I asked the fucking stage guys to turn it down in my monitors and they actually turned it way up and all the all the sound, all the power went out. Um, but that's another that's I'll get to that. But yeah. no, I bought this. I bought this, I bought this really obnoxious, obnoxious jacket that I, I, I thought would. It's definitely going to pop when you're in the sunlight outside. And oh, for sure. And uh, it's sequined. It's uh, looks like kind of kind of has like a orangey rainbow vibe, like a sherberty vibe in some in some light. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, my perspective of it is you have a bunch of guys that are all like t-shirts, black t-shirts, jeans, dark jeans, mm-hmm. you know, Converse or what what have you for the shoes, and then all of a sudden there's this gold sequin jacket. You know, like this just on the singer to be like, oh, by the way, if you guys couldn't tell I'm the singer, you know, like. <laughs> I had to do something special. I didn't want to. Oh, build... no, for sure. But what is it like? Oh, the band's getting back together. I better go get a jacket. Or no, is I, it like I after the had... Tucson show, you're like, you know what we need? Let's amp this up. No, I had I had I, I, uh, I had this it's jacket like outside. It's going to be cold. I better get a jacket. Oh yeah, in Tucson it's gonna be freezing. Chicago in the summer, oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blizzard out there. Uh, Alabama, absolutely. Um, no, the uh, the jacket I actually owned it already because I, I went. There's this uh, there's this annual or there was this annual uh, Richmond Service Industry Award Show, mm-hmm. and uh, my girlfriend was up for Bartender of the Year, and I was up for Jack Shit. So. I wanted to at least look better than everybody or look more, you know, more ridiculous than everybody. And so, and everyone usually dresses up pretty silly anyway. So I had actually already purchased this thing uh, <laughs> just to be supportive and also the best dressed. So I actually had this jacket uh, the, the prior year before that. And it's just been sitting in my closet because what the fuck else? And I was like, oh shit. Bloody. Yeah, sure. Yes. Next, that's the next step down. Uh, that's funny because in my mind it was then like you show up with the jacket ross looks at and goes well i better get a hat i need rock (laughs) festival hat (laughs) he kind of had i think he was he's been rocking these like captain uh captain uh like yeah i liked it it looked good it looked uh, like he's playing guitar for les claypool or like whatever sean lennon dresses like now somewhere in the middle of that uh the guy from the damned uh captain sensible he he uh, he had a he always had like a nice hat wear and he was he was the oddball and everybody was wearing like vampire shit so that was that, that was kind of it reminded me of that and he also was wearing like a hawaiian shirt and uh he he definitely brought a different sen- sense of, of style to the stage and then it's, it's funny how everyone everyone always has kind of been their, their own thing you know our drummer oh yeah our drummer's been like this like you know it's like ripped italian guy oh yeah he's a beefy stud dude beef stud uh me and ross have been these like uh hispanics who are way too pale so they they 
they get treated like uh you know like just some ambiguous and there's no real there's no real way to define ross yeah but when i look at you guys i'm like those guys are the ones you want to party with like you're definitely the oh you're the front center so it's like yeah you're the party but also there's something about ross where it's like he's low-key but he's gonna roll with every punch and he's gonna be fun to roll with the punches with that and then our, our bass player darren uh he used to have really big hair uh yeah Dude, i remember him growing up i don't think i've ever said a word to him uh-huh. he's just always been really quiet and chill around when i've ever been around oh he's the best and and he, but he's uh, been in like in the background of my life for like 20 years and i don't think we've ever had a conversation he, and he's always been he's always been a pretty active musician too in in the, at least in the tucson scene and oh yeah i've seen him in like five bands he's he's he's, he's always been like a really awesome guitarist bass player and everything and and uh you know he's got he's got like a an, an adult job now. He lives in Phoenix, and uh, you know so it's just it's just been always. And then Jeremy's been just Jeremy doing his thing. So it's yeah, just, there's always been kind of like, it, it, even though we were always a band, it, it seemed like everyone was kind of always doing their own thing, anyways. You know, lifestyle wise, uh, uh, you know, just whatever we stage presence and whatever we wore, mm. or whatever you know, just it, it, it but it always sem- somehow worked which was the interesting thing and and going back around to us not playing or practicing or even listening to these songs for you know 10 years the the way it all came together was pretty incredible and yeah. we, only, we only had two practices like legitimately not not like not not bragging about that I, I if we if we had had more time and we had if we had been able to take it's not a brag thing as much as a curiosity on my behalf thing and then so it's you guys you guys have your two practices. You show up to Hotel Congress. There's people outside. You guys are setting up on stage. How soon into the set do you guys start to feel the gears click back into place? Well, prior, okay, here, before that, the, the uh, there, there was definitely some concern, I guess, because we, we had ripped through the practices and it, it just didn't sound as, you know, we, we were in like, a really small studio that I I think uh you know it, was, it wasn't a last minute thing but we we kind of were like okay our, our buddies are going to give us this free studio to practice let's just try to figure it out and mm-hmm. you know it's still, it still sounded crazy because we're, you know we're a loud band and it was a, a very small space like and we were just like okay this 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 still sounds weird this this might fuck up when we do it live we might have to play it a little little differently or whatever it wasn't a hundred percent by any means it was very it was getting getting there but it wasn't there i was I, we weren't particularly pumped you know but we were like mm-hmm. okay, we can probably get through the tucson show and then figure shit out but once we got to the show and did like sound check and started uh when we can actually hear ourselves you know a, a little more defined that's when everything started to make sense and I stopped pacing around and freaking out because I was like, okay, now it sounds like how we used to sound and how everything makes sense. So I guess that was like the biggest key, just like as 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 small as that was, like once we finally got back there and figured out, okay, now now we're back on stage. Now get now we can hear everything. We have everything dialed. Then all the concern kind of went away. But prior to that, I was literally yeah. like pacing around, like, what the fuck are we gonna do? Because this, you know, certain certain things just didn't sound. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give the crowd like a shittier version, even though this was kind of our warm-up show for these big fests. So there was a lot of that, and I, and also this time around, we're going into 
these shows with no crew really at all. Yeah. We, we, you know, we don't have managers. We don't have tour managers. We don't have merch people. Even we had just buddies helping us out that, that. Yeah. But also borderline kind of the best case scenario for you guys, because, because I feel like what ruined the blood was all the management and all the other things and all the corporate things that had to interact because you guys were pushing records. Yeah. And now that that's removed, you're like, oh, look, we can literally just focus on the fun parts. And yeah, there's a little bit of the business parts and all that. But because it was a little more on all of your plates, it was freedom from all of the other stresses that made the band not fun at that end time. Yeah. Looking, I wish I would looked at it like that other uh, instead of the way I looked at it, where I was just like, holy shit, what the fuck? Who's taking care of all this stuff now? And, you know, like, what are we mm-hmm. Do we have anybody to sell merch? Do we have anybody to set up a square account? Do we have any of these things that, that used to kind of just be a staple? And, you know, it was always, it was always like, this is what the, these are the basic things you need to be a band. And we just kind of like, we all, we all just kind of winged it or, you know, just did it last minute and it worked out, but it was, it was just such a, it was such a mind fuck to be like, Oh man, we're not ready for this at all. But it, it was, it was, you know it, it, doing it all on our own we didn't really have to i, I we probably should, we didn't really have to overthink it as much as we used to it wasn't like yeah this is a real band or this is like a business anymore we just kind of were like all right well we don't have we don't have certain tools yeah dude just get the cream <clears throat> yeah all you had to worry about was the cream all the other stuff you're not feeding the people back at the record company anymore I know, like you don't have to like take in the stress of like well, what would my old manager want me to do? Like, it doesn't matter. He's not there. You play the shows, you rock the balls. And then yeah. like, yeah, because like your band, very specifically, I don't think would pop in this unless there's those people around for you to really like get to that place where you guys all feel that loose, happy feeling to be able to sound like you did. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was just like a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the, the things we thought we used to need, we really didn't. We, we can 100%. oh i need to know what one of those things is what's the thing you thought you used to need and you well, look back and you're like no one needs a chaos pad well exactly like my guitar player didn't have any guitar pedals so i brought all of my guitar pedals from richmond that, that i've been using mm-hmm. in my, my new band and he was like oh yeah this is fine <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> you know, we, we had the guy who wrote all the songs didn't have any guitar gear and so it's like the singer brought you know equally as good and simple simplified everything Mm -hmm. and it was just like yeah we 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 need one of these instead of you know all this fucking gear and we don't we don't need to freak out about sounding exactly like we sounded on the record because it's gonna it's never gonna sound like that anyway so Mm -hmm. it was just it was just funny things like that or like you know we don't need a merch person really because most of these festivals were selling for us through through in-house and then when we did need a merch person it was like oh yeah we have our friends and yeah totally family helping out and we could you know it wasn't as insanely uh there weren't as many moving parts as there were in the past so it was like okay we got two options here and they're both fine and yeah exactly and then tucson the show's a success i watch as many of the stream videos as i could you know like somebody yeah there were a lot the our our uh, old um i guess he was he filled he was in the band back in the one of the early uh incarnations of the band were i think i think he was playing maybe he was playing keyboards or sampling or something back when the band was going for uh aggressive slipknot vibes uh, 
the uh and he also filled in on guitar for us one time when we went to the uk but he filmed this our buddy lives in portland he filmed uh he filmed the whole set and i think it's all on youtube now oh uh, hell yeah the, the whole Super Tucson cool. show oh that's awesome so once it's a success does that calm you down for chicago or you're like now like okay how are we going to pull this off in chicago it was it was like okay well at least i feel and it was it, it, it was one of those things where you know this was the this was the test and this was like the what do we need to dial back what do we need to correct you know just to, it was it was like our you know it's like it was like running your fucking your headlining set before uh you know at, at some smaller club and trying to trying to pick out all the the parts that sucked and you know, the parts that need to be you know rewritten or whatever and so we so you guys were wildly coyote went back to the drawing board when we went well we there really wasn't a lot that needed to be fixed. There was just, there was just certain things that we were like, okay, this is the one thing that needs to be tightened up, but it wasn't as major at all. Like all the songs sounded good. All the, all the performances were there. We, we didn't feel as like fatigued as I thought we were going to feel too. Like, you know, that was another thing. Like I thought I was like, it's like, I don't know if like, once again, I was like, I don't know if I can do this for that long, but maybe I can bullshit my way through it and figure out what I need to do. But I usually felt, so much worse after blood shows back in the day and that hmm. could have that could have been many factors that could have just been like me eating terribly on the road or you know me drinking a bunch because of like anxiety and stage shit and you know, you know stage fright and being weird about things like that but i kind of just i felt i felt so much better than i ever had i didn't have a I, pounding headache i didn't feel like as that's great as i did in the past and it was like okay i've i've, I've naturally figured out how to do this and not sound like shit and also not totally exert myself to the point where i'm just like oh well here's the difference the feeling you're thinking back to is 20 the 20th show on the 20th day when you guys are really pounding out all the touring as opposed to like this is one show a couple days of rest this show and the next week we hit alabama like you yeah. got like the actual r and r in between like i remember a basketball player i think it was michael jordan i might be wrong <laughs> where they asked him if he could play another like do you think you could play basketball at an NBA level still like after he's retired and he goes a game yes a season no and yeah. I think that is kind of the difference between the feeling you're thinking about from the old time blood shows versus this run absolutely I mean I, I the fact that we had so much downtime was really awesome and, and it was you know you know you don't get those you really don't get those chances on the road, at least not, not the way we were doing it back in the day. You know, we, we would rip through like five or six shows, maybe have a drive day, which isn't really a day off. Cause you're sitting in a, no, you're, those you're, are tiring. You're getting worse sleep than you would any, anywhere else. And then, you, you know, you're, you're probably, if, and if it's a very long drive, you're just up, you know, crazy hours. It, it throws you all off. And then, uh, I know you eat crap food and just sit down with it. And you're like, Oh, great. That's, that's what my body needs. Yeah. It's just, it's just, there's so many different things that'll just like wear you down, especially on that road. But the, uh, the fact that we had a Wednesday show and then a Saturday show, and even, even that was a concern too. It's like, okay, do we fly into Chicago immediately so we can have like a day to rest and like get back on schedule and then maybe check out some bands. There was, it was, it was really cool the way it worked out and it helped everybody, I think. And, we also kind of just did our own thing and didn't make it a big issue. Like to just, just, you know, try to meet up the day before and game plan 
and then we had like one or two days to do whatever we wanted and and so that that was really awesome and then then uh between chicago and alabama uh i kind of did like a mini little road trip and saw some friends and stuff in various cities and some some old people i used to live with in chicago who all live in milwaukee and then went to louisville and nashville and saw some old friends and some uh, richmond friends that had moved out there so and it, and it was like really like stress-free i just like we just rented a car and like cruised around and well it was just it was very yeah, chill that sounds awesome yeah and it was and it was just it was it was it was the best situation it just made more sense for me instead of like flying back to richmond and like going back to work and like trying to deal with all that like I, I, just like having like a two-week break from the the life back home and then kind of just like actually turning it into like a mini vacation helped out. So it, you know, it wasn't as stressful or weird and I didn't really have to think about all the, all the, the, you know, issues or whatever concerns I had uh, going into these fests. But honestly, after the Chicago fest, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. This, this is going to be totally fine. Like I, yeah. I think I had more, more pressure on ride fest than I did on uh, the furnace fest for whatever reason, I guess it may, it, it just seemed like a, like a, I don't not not a not a bigger oh I know it's a bigger thing but it it just seemed like a uh, a little more uh, like the the people because also the, I know the people at the riot at riot fest were if they were watching us they were definitely a hundred percent going to be there just to watch us because there were so yeah. many other genres and you know things going on and furnace fest which is more like a specifically genre almost like suit like a genre specific thing and you know it was it, it was there's probably more spillover from other bands and stuff there you know kind of felt like for sure but also like, like that's where you were gonna actually like make new fans or like where people are like oh i have this record but they broke up before i was able to see them and so now they get that chance to see you as opposed yeah. to i think riot fest felt more like this is also the reunion of the fans that were going out and seeing you we're going back to see you there Right, right, and I don't know. It, it was there, there. It was just. It was a lot of. It was Chicago. Was, I, I mean, I love the city. I love. I love being back. And I, 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 uh, I think the way they ran that festival is really uh, special. And and it was. It was. It was amazing. It, it was. It was a lot of a lot of fun. And we, you know, a lot of festivals sometimes they they'll they'll be like, all right, you're. You got all access, but it's only on the day you're playing. Then you guys got to get the mm -hmm. fuck out of there. And like, we don't want to, especially with like COVID stuff and like every, oh, every, for sure. You know, they don't, they don't want just like a bunch of people just like, you know, hanging around all day, you know, eating, catering and drinking free things backstage, you know? So it was just kind of like, do we got to get the fuck out of here? But they were actually pretty cool and treated everybody really nice. They're like, oh, yeah, you guys get free weekend passes if you want to see the bands or whatever, or you want to go backstage and do whatever go ahead but uh there, there it was pretty like like empty back there for the mm. most of the most of the time it was, which was pretty interesting i think people were kind of just keeping to their own their own, you know trying to trying to be as safe as you can i guess and then uh and, and it was interesting to see just it'll be just just the different cities how they're they're handling things like a year after living you know with with covid protocols and uh, just, just how, uh, how different it was from like city to city, you know, especially, and also different from like how, I guess in Richmond and everybody out here's kind of been 
behaving and treating it. I, I think it was, it seemed a lot more relaxed in Chicago because I think like most of the city had been vaccinated or whatever, or most of the, you know, it was, you know, I think it was like, I thought there was proof of vaccination to buy the ticket. I don't know. There, I didn't buy the ticket. There was for, for both the festivals actually. Mm. So that was, that was also like a, a pretty cool thing that, you know, yeah. obviously it's still, you know, people are still going to get sick and it's still going to happen, but yeah, luckily. Uh, yeah. I but mean, the, the sentence drops greatly. So now that this is on the other side, are you like, shit, I hope somebody else asks the blood to get back together. I mean, there was, there was definitely offers and, and, and things coming through. It, it was just a matter of timing at this point. Uh, you know, people are like, like I said, people are, have, have real life shit going on and it's yeah. like, do we have the time to, you know, can we just leave our lives behind for weeks at a time again and, and do these things, which is, you know, it's just not going to happen. But I think yeah, if, if we can, if we can plot something out for next year, that'd be awesome. But also if these were the last shows we ever played, I would be pumped because they were so goddamn fun and they were awesome and they were really good. And they were just, you know, obviously nothing's going to ever go perfect with a bled show. Like, uh, three songs into the right or to the uh, the furnace fest set, all the power on the stage just went out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like, talking like stage lighting, all the mics, none of the nothing, nothing worked. Like it was, it was insane. And so I just like, and the one time that I could have saved the crowd with with stand up comedy was uh, I can't, I have no mic. So mm -hmm. was, that's funny. Exactly. I was walking around yelling at people and saying silly shit, and then I just started uh, stripping. You know, I mm -hmm. went back to my uh, my magic mic days and I uh, entertained the crowd with, with no mics and no power. And I could put all magic, all magic titties out. Uh, um, it was it was great. It was a, it was the best thing. I It was the only thing I was worried about happening. And then it happened and then it was fine. It was it was it was a magical moment. And, uh, you know, I think the pe I gave the people what they wanted and what they needed at the time. And then we finished the set and I, I yeah really we all it. want a little nudity and then on the other side stand-up does teach you like nothing can really go wrong if you're ready for things to go wrong you know what i mean like it's all go with the flow it took me a long time to realize like there's not a muppet show that happened where the muppet show happened well the Absolutely. penguins always knocked over something and they had to just react <laughs> that's yes that's every every blood show yeah there's uh heads uh, guitar heads breaking uh, strings just flying off uh drum sets collapsing uh singers singers being wasted and falling off stage i don't know it's just you know everything's happened that can possibly happen so it was like what you know what 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 have like what what could possibly happen that we haven't already experienced and you know it was it was totally fine i was just i was just i was just i was just like hey man this is this is this is what's gonna happen especially at a live outdoor concert you know something's something's bound to go wrong yeah no hell yeah and i think it's also a great way to like kind of start to wrap up 2021 you know like <laughs> yeah you, you had all this time indoors and you're like you know what i could really use some outdoor shows where i get tons of attention and love and i feel like all the and especially the the audience felt that way too and they were just stoked to see anything up there you know it yeah it didn't it didn't have to be perfect it didn't have to be uh you know all the all the all the songs all the, that they you know even, even if they didn't hear everything they wanted to hear it kind of just left them hungry for more and you know wanting to maybe see them again 
in the I know. My only thing was like, I wish you guys hit LA. Or I wish I would have planned Tucson better. I was in Tucson the week before you guys got there. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, if I had actually planned that better, I could have just been there. That was that was so cool, though, seeing so many people and a lot of people who don't live there anymore flew mm-hmm. in. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm talking like it was it was it was crazy. And it was funny because like I think my high school reunion was like also happening that 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 same week. And I was like, I already missed the first one or the. the yeah. The 10 year. The 10 year. <laughs> like the uh the uh uh the fact that it that it just happened again was really funny to me and then uh, uh most of the people that i saw there like half the fucking people who i was in the bowling club with in high school were there and that's uh, awesome had some laughs about that and uh it was just i it was one of those you know you like look out in the crowd and you know like maybe like two or three people sometimes and then this was like look out in the crowd you know like 50 people and yeah. have stories with all of them and can talk shit about whatever with all of them and it, it all like it just it's just it's just crazy how also also crazy how most of them are still alive you know you think like like all the shit that's going on and in decades of living like this or you know just like oh for all, sure just like how did how are how are all these like people i went to high school still here still alive and still like doing well i and i was just like that's just like a tucson thing i think you know it's like it's like it's like this preservation. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the Tucson trouble is getting to 30. But once you get to 30, you can just fly forever. You're in it. <laughs> Before we end the episode, can I ask you to scream the name of my podcast for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You want me to scream it? All right. Uh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to piss off fucking all my neighbors. Um, That's um, my goal. I was like, how are we going to piss off James's neighbors right now? <laughs> do you really, you really want me to scream it? I'll do it. Shit. God damn it. Should I? Should you want? <laughs> should I open a window or something? I don't want to. No, wanna... it's the opposite. I should close the windows? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if you open the windows and your neighbors just hear it super clearly. It's not like because it amplifies and bounces around your room, they hear it harder. What's the fucking name of the podcast? Putting up with putting up with you? Yeah. Yeah, putting up with Air Michael Marsh. So what do you want me to say? Just just the name or your list? All I need. Should I do like a drop. Oh yeah, do a drop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is James Isaiah Munoz of the Bled, and you're listening to Putting Up with Aaron Marsh. <laughs> yes. Thank you, sir. Okay, so not only is James Isaiah Munoz the singer of the bled that we just heard, so we got that out of the way, you know he's the singer of the bled. He also is a stand-up comedian in Virginia. And we didn't talk about that one, we did on this first episode. If you, this is your first time listening to my show, we have an earlier episode, like 80 episodes ago, where I talked to James about stand-up and his stand-up ventures and how I happened to be at his first stand-up show. So that's covered in another episode. If you want that, that's there. I just wanted to have this this on there. I wanted the story of how the Bled got back together 
and how all that happened and what is the future of the bled now you know like i wanted that out there too for everyone who doesn't have direct access to a member of the band but wants to know like hey is there going to be a tour in a year or two and the answer is they don't know they want it they don't know you know like who knows nothing but i got the uh, opportunity to ask directly and i did there we go james Isaiah munoz thank you for coming on he he was writing me messages on some of those off days where he's like dude i can't wait to do your podcast afterwards and tell me all about this and it happened and i love it and boom follow him at james isaiah munoz on everything instagram's got great pictures for the promo i'm specifically choosing a picture with the jacket so you guys can see the jacket i'm talking about but boom did it uh as far as next week's episode i don't know yet i supposed to have a uh, two different people on that live together and both had covid what do you do what do you do i was like oh that'll, that'll set a couple things aside and you and then when it came time to record, it was right before I was about to leave town. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're de- you're definitely not coming over right now to do this. We rescheduled. But I don't know who I'm going to have on this week. I've asked a couple of people. I've been able to confirm zeros. I'm not going to pitch a show that I don't know what's happening or not with no confirmed time. But I know I'm going to have an episode next week. That's for sure. And it's going to be good. Because uh, <laughs> there's like, there's three people that I've asked that I haven't come back on a confirmation all of them going to be great. So you're like, oh, I don't know which one's going to drop, but I am excited. I, uh, I went way out of my way and just reached out to a band that I just love. And they were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's set it up. We don't have a day set up. So it's just like, I'm all excited for future guests. I don't know who. Um, as always, you can follow me at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. You can rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast, but I'm going to be honest. I only care when you do it to mine. Um, and yeah. Keep listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me.